0: Redeeming Grace. Thank you, God. <clears throat> glad you're all here this morning. I know the World Cup's going on. Please don't tell me if you're following it. <laughs> <laughs> Who won? I'm very interested. But um, Glad that you're here. You know, I, I say all the time, this is my favorite time of the year. This whole time of the year, this whole season, I love it. Um, and... In our house, we watch these Christmas movies. I mean, we're fighting our kids not to watch them like in August. Um, But they have this list. Seriously, right, Max? You guys have a list of all the Christmas movies. And we could go animation tonight. We could go claymation. Or we could, (laughs) we have it all categorized as well, watching all these shows. so It's cool. I like it. Um, But one of my favorites is Charlie Brown Christmas. I don't know if any of you have seen that. I'm, I'm sure most of you have seen it. It's on Apple TV now, just in case you know where to find it. They took it off of uh, just the streaming uh, on regular TV and they put it on Apple TV. But there's this one scene. Um, if you've seen it, you, you kind of know the theme of the whole story, right? The, the Charlie Brown Christmas is, Char, Charlie Brown is kind of like depressed, right? What else is new? Um, because of Christmas, it's not exactly what he wants it to be. Um, all the time and so there's this scene right near the very beginning of the program uh, that's a snapshot from it where Charlie Brown is depressed and he goes up to Lucy Lucy any chance to make a buck she's there uh, giving help and she'll hear your problems right and the conversation goes kind of like at one point Charlie Brown says actually Lucy my trouble is Christmas I just don't understand it Instead of feeling happy, I feel sort of let down. You know, there's a lot of people that see Christmas that way, that are experiencing Christmas that way. Of course, Lucy, she gives great, great advice. She says, Charlie Brown, you need involvement. I understand what you mean about this Christmas business, getting depressed and all of that. It happens to me every year. I never get what I really want. She jumps right in there with him. And if you've seen the, the program, you know that this doesn't stop. It goes all the way through this uh, cartoon to the end. Things just get worse before they get better. And at the end, you have Linus, right, standing on stage uh, at the final dress rehearsal of their little Christmas play. And he reads from Scripture, from Luke chapter 2, the pinnacle of the story. He reads the announcement of the birth of Christ to the shepherds from the angels and everything finally makes sense to Charlie Brown. He starts to see the the little worn down tree. Everybody does. They start seeing it with new eyes. They say that has potential. That could be different. And so what was the difference? The difference was the truth about Christmas. It was not all the other things. It wasn't about what Lucy got or what Charlie Brown got. It's not about what you get or I get. It's not about even what we give. The true meaning and the truth behind Christmas is much more than that. We can't lose that. Otherwise, much like Charlie Brown and the Peanuts crew, Christmas really gets lost. And so I want us to read this passage of Scripture to find out, to really talk about what the truth is. About Christmas is. Luke chapter 2, I'm going to read this very same passage that little Linus read. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8, says this And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy that shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let's go. Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Let's pray. Lord God, speak to us this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the message. Lord, thank you for the Savior of Christmas. But we come to you this morning um, seeking to know you better. God, speak to us. May we be doers and not hearers only. In Jesus' name, amen. So in the Charlie Brown cartoon, he struggled, right? He struggled. He just couldn't find satisfaction in the Christmas season, actually all year round for Charlie Brown. And when, when Christmas rolled around, for like many people, it was really a depressing time. But something changed when he heard this story, right? Something changes when we fix our eyes and are reminded of the truth about Christmas. And so I want us to look this morning at a few things that we see right here in this passage that change us. It changes you if you allow it. It changes me this morning. And so the truth about Christmas is, first of all, Christmas is joy. Right. Christmas is joy. Verse 10. And the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. That word, those words, good tidings, good means. In the Greek, good, that original word and tidings means announcement. It's a good announcement that that original word is you, you a Gelon, you a Gelon. You angelin, sorry, you angelin. that's, that's, uh, tidings, that's the Greek for tidings, it means, it's a root for evangelical, it's a root for evangelistic, evangelism, you know, we hear evangelical, we think voting block, we think negative things, we think, you know, this group of people, what, no, it's right out of scripture here, it means announcement, it means good announcement. It's good news, and we forget that a lot. A lot of people are leaving their Christian faith because they've forgotten that it is good news. The heart of the gospel is good news of great joy. We've made it about so many other things. We haven't really been able to put those two words together lately good and news. Because the news that we're used to is fear, right? Hate. Empty promises of change and hope and all these things that we never actually find. It's interesting here. The angel says, fear not. They must have felt like I feel like when the news comes on. Fear not. It's not like normal. It's good news. The other day, I had to laugh at myself because literally I was sitting on the couch and I was watching TV. And all of a sudden, I didn't realize it. But the news came on, and and they started. Uh, a politician came up. They started, and I like scrambled. I was looking for the remote control. I didn't want to hear any of it because I knew if I started to hear it, I was going to get angry. I was going to get aggravated. So I like scrambled. I got it, and I just turned it to anything. And then I just kind of looked at myself. I was like, "What? What's wrong with you?" It's like I don't want to hear the news that we have today. is all fear. It's all hate. It's all bitterness. It's all emptiness. If I turn on the news before I go out to work, I'm usually walking down the sidewalk angrier than usual. But it was the same back in early Palestine at this time. There was bad news everywhere. There was Roman corruption. There was crooked politicians. There was war and hate. It was the same thing. And the message of the angels was, this is good news of great joy. Take heart. It's not even regular joy. It's great joy because Emmanuel is coming Emmanuel is here. God is stepping into our brokenness, into our broken, painful world for the purpose of joy, is what he says here. This is good news of great joy. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 11, he said, these things have I spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. The desire of God is that you and I would live life full of joy. And as I say about other things, I mean, I'm only taking Scripture for what it says. If you know somebody who claims to be a Christian and you don't see joy, even in the struggles, there's not a solid north star in their hearts of joy because of the Savior, then you have Reason to question what is it you're finding your hope in? What is it you're finding your joy in? God's desire is that we would have joy, not, not manufactured temporary happiness. We can do that. We're not talking about a better vacation or a better job, not a high or a buzz that temporarily checks me out of my problems, right? Those things can be good with a high thing. I'm, you know, I'm talking about the vacation. It's a joy that is life-changing. It's priority-altering in my life. It's desire-transforming. It's an eye-opening state of being, this joy. It's not necessarily everyday happiness, but it's great joy that I know that I am secure. I know that God has stepped out and stepped towards me in Jesus. See, God saw you and saw me and saw the world in our in our misery, and our brokenness, our efforts to heal ourselves. And he made a move. He didn't wait. He made a move to restore in your life the joy that you were meant to live with. Isaac Watts put it nicely in the Christmas carol we sing sometimes. Joy to the world. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. So Christmas is joy. Christmas is also for everyone. It's for all people. This joy is for all people. The angel said, fear not, for I behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Remember, this is happening right in the Middle East, right? Ancient Palestine, Israel, one of the most contentious, divided areas of the world in all of history. And at this time when this is happening, it's ruled by the the Romans. It's inhabited by the Jews and the Gentiles. There's war going on between them, but the Christian message is not a West, a Western or an American or a Republican or a Democrat message. It is for all people. That's what the angel said: "Great joy which shall be to all people." The message of the angels: not only if you were born into a certain family or a certain religious history or a certain geography, but to all. That's why we go on mission trips at times, right? Because there are people in other parts of the world that have no way of hearing of the good news that there is great joy for all people. Galatians 3.28 says this, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male, no female. And for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Jesus broke down the barriers and and made joy and salvation available to all people, that we might come together under the banner of Christ. Jesus, the Savior, stepped into this world in pursuit of you. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, whatever your background is, whatever your social status or economic or political affiliation, Christmas demonstrates that God can do what we can't do, what we've tried over and over to do, and that is bring us together. Only Christ did that. Of course, we found a way to make that divisive as well. But that is the message of Christmas, that salvation, joy, is available to every person. Man, woman, boy, and girl. I I hear people say sometimes, you know the problem I have with Christianity, it sounds great and everything, but it's just so exclusive. Okay. In that it is true, anything that You believe is true is exclusive to those things that are not true right if you say there is no god there is no savior that's a bunch of hogwash well you're saying that that indeed is true and if you believe there is you are wrong so that is not true so that's exclusive as well But the message of Christ is there is hope, there is joy available to all. That's why Jesus found himself in hot water all the time with the religious leaders, right? Because his message was inclusiveness. But it wasn't on my terms. It wasn't God Almighty, holy God Almighty, is not adjusting himself to where I decide to to make right and wrong. Because you can see where that would, we'd run into a lot of, we might talk about us in this neighborhood or in this room, or in this neighborhood, or in my, at my work. We might see everybody, and they're okay. They should be able to make, do their own thing and find... Okay, well, let's move, move beyond that to the people you think are evil. Do you think that God should adjust around them as well? Like, okay, well, that's true, too. They could be right. Yeah, genocide. That's where you get into all that stuff. God is so good that He made it clear. He made it even a child could understand. I love you. Here's my son. the message of Christ is actually the most inclusive. There's no earning it. There's no working for it. We talk about putting Jesus at the center of your life. First and foremost, there's no gauge that God is putting on me. If I accept Christ, if I believe in him for my salvation, then I am sealed and I am saved. And now I'm going through a transformation in my life of putting him first, but it's not, he's not Putting up any markers for me to achieve, he says, if you'll receive my son, if you receive the Savior at Christmas, good news of great joy, then I'm his and that's that's true for anyone no no earning it, no working for it, no family ties no not bound by culture or education no not bound by privilege or or anything else, simply it's faith. Jesus called people from all corners of society, from all corners of the world, the poor and broken, prostitutes and tax collectors, the rich and powerful, the Jews and Gentiles, we saw Jesus over and over again calling them to simply believe. Come to him and find joy. So the truth of Christmas is joy. It is it is available to all people. And here's here's really the kicker though. Christmas is salvation. It is about salvation at its core. Verse 11 says, for, which that word means because, he just talked about good news of great joy. Why? Because unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Praise God. The root of that word Savior means deliverer. And this was exciting news for the Jewish people of this day, right? It had been 400 years since Malachi. It had been 400 years since the last prophet. God spoke through the last prophet. 400 years since God had spoken. Silence. But Malachi, the last thing he proclaimed was, God promised that the Son of Righteousness would one day rise with healing in His wings. And Israel had been waiting for that redemption, for that deliverer, and he had come. The angel said, good news, great joy, he's here. You might be thinking, deliver from what? And the Is- Israelites struggled with this as well. They As well, they thought maybe it was deliverance from the boot of oppression from the Romans at the time or the captivity they had experienced in the past and those different political and social things that were going on. But that's not... The salvation, the deliverance that Jesus came for. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, the angel is telling Joseph that, that the Savior is going to be born to his wife, Mary. He says, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. And he says in verse 21, she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. That's why Jesus came. He didn't come to be a great uh, social worker he said a lot of great things there's a lot of great quotes but the reason that he came was to save us from our sins all people the power and the bondage of sin this is the reason for the season right it's the salvation of all mankind to break the stranglehold that sin has on every one of us See, that's what keeps us from that joy, that great joy. Sin is the cause of all brokenness, all turmoil in the world. The lack of peace that we see, the wars, the violence. That's why Jesus came. That's why God looked on our brokenness. He looked on our utter ability to save ourselves. And he didn't turn around and walk away. He stepped in. He didn't simply wash his hands of us, which he had every right to do and has every right to do. He didn't say, "Ah, oh, yeah, you know, I'll just start over this time. This time I'll make it impossible for them not to love me, right? I'll program them to do exactly what I want. No more freedom, no more choices, no more involvement. Just like toy cars on the racetrack I got on Christmas morning. Just let them go round and round and round. I'll just watch them, they do what I want them to do. You know, sometimes I wish that I I could do that with my kids. Sometimes I wish I could just program them exactly what I say, exactly what I want, right? Just lock them up in a tower, like entangled. Remember the mom? You are not leaving this tower, ever. Sometimes it feels like that would be easier. It's tough when you love someone. It's tough. Even God, His love for you and for me, He looked on the world. In Genesis chapter 6, the sin and brokenness, the We had turned our back on on Him. What did it say? It says in chapter 6, And the Lord regretted that He had made man on the earth, and it grieved Him to His heart. And yet, He demonstrated His love for us. Yet, He did not turn His back on us. Because, as God's children, we took the freedom that He created us with, That was actually meant for us to love Him and live according to His plan for me and we turned our back on it and we used it for other things. We twisted it and we still are. So you and I are flawed and that's no big secret. We know that. Because of that, we have a broken relationship with one another and with the Father. But God didn't walk away. He saw that and He has perfect love which none of us have. He had perfect love that wouldn't allow Him to turn away, and it motivated him to give, right? John 3.16, to send, to save, to deliver, to step in, to dive into our humanity and rescue us. Praise God, that is joyful good news. My wife reminds me sometimes that our kids, some of our children, they have more of a need to be pursued, right? Right? a little bit more of a need like, to be chased after. I'm not good at that. I need to be better at that, gracious in that. Because you know what? That's true of all of us. And that's why God came after us. He came after you. He came after me. He pursued us. That's what Christmas is. That is God breaking into our world to bring salvation. Shakespeare in in Henry VI said, Now God be praised that to believing souls gives light in darkness, comfort in despair. Even he knew for believing souls. See, that's why the world, if God broke into the world to bring joy and to bring healing and to bring peace, why is it still so broken? Why isn't everything joyful? Why isn't everyone full of joy? Why aren't we all rescued? Well, this is where that exclusive part that people talk about comes in. Believing souls, John three sixteen and 17, but don't, don't check out because you know this one. Let me read the whole thing in verse 19 as well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him, delivered through him. In verse 19, this is the verdict. This is why there's brokenness. This is why there's still so much um, lack of joy in the world. This is the verdict, Jesus said to Nicodemus. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light. So the Savior came. The Savior comes. We hear the songs. We hear the message. Savior has come. He's come to rescue us. We love all that. Then it says, listen, just give me your life. Give me your sin. And we're like, "Uh, hang on. I'm still in control of this. I still want to do this my way. I prefer to, to steer my own ship. You see, the manger The scene of this baby Jesus born at Christmas, this is actually just the first step on the way to the cross for the Savior. That was the first scene. We know that the cross is coming. He will one day carry that cross to that hill in the middle of that city of Jerusalem. And he'll allow himself to be nailed to it and die and break the power and bondage of sin and death before holy God for you and for me to restore us and restore unto us the joy of his salvation. That is the good tidings of great joy. And he calls us to accept that truth by faith. It's faith, it's trust in his gift, Jesus On Christmas morning, if you get up and you go out and you just leave the gift that has your name on it under the tree and never open it, what good is it? Leave it unwrapped. What good is it for me if I never open it up, if I never receive it? Listen, you and I have been given a decision to make by God. We can be delivered, rescued today or not. Whatever happens the rest of your life, whatever happens when you die will be a direct result of that choice. I'll either spend my eternity trying to rescue myself. I'll either spend my entire life trying to figure out how to rescue myself or I will walk with Christ and I will trust God for His amazing gift. I will rest in Him and I'll spend my life learning how to love Him more and learning. Here's the thing. I'm learning to love Him more but I'm learning every day how much He loves me. And on that day when you cross over from this life to what uh, what's next, you'll either be on your own, take your chances. If there's a God, did I do a good did I do good enough things, enough good things? That was I a good enough person? Did I get it right? Or you'll put your faith in the Savior and His finished work for you, and for your sin. And so the reason we see the world in such chaos and brokenness still is because we've chosen to deliver ourselves and. You have to want that relationship. Don't let the fear of not being in control keep you from experiencing the peace and the joy that Christ gives, the Savior gives. But praise be to God. As Shakespeare said, that at Christmas, He gives light in the darkness and comfort in despair for all who will believe. Praise God. So Christmas is joy, Christmas is for all, Christmas is salvation. For the Deliverer has come. And finally, Christmas is worship. Christmas is celebration. Right? Verse 13 and 14. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Listen, Christmas is a time of celebration. Worship. Celebration of the joy, the hope. He's the hope of the nations, the hope of the whole world, the salvation and deliverance has come, the gift of God reaching out to us still today, he's reaching out. And even in a secular society, right? And societies all over the world at this time of the year, we hear songs of celebration. This cartoon with Charlie Brown, right? Why is it so beloved? Is it because it's the Christian message that's at the end? No, not exactly, I believe it's because of the sentiments there in verse 13 and 14. At the end, it says, On earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Now that, we can all agree on, right? We, we love that. We love that thought. We love that idea. That's acceptable. That's palatable. That's the, that's the acceptable part of the Christian message. It's beautiful, right? Because that's what we all want. Peace on earth, goodwill with our fellow man. No hate, no violence, no war. Remember John Lennon's got a great Christmas song? War is over. I think it's christmas Eve. It's christmas Eve, anyway. Um, we don't want pain. No more suffering. And, and guess what? That's what God wants. That was his original design for us. And when he sees the violence, when he sees the war, when he sees evil and suffering, it breaks his heart. And so we, we see this on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. This is not a magical declaration over the world, right? This is not just magic words. Because we still have much of this pain and heartache. But the angels are declaring here that this child has come to make a way for peace. Peace between man and God and peace between our neighbors, and our fellow man. He alone has done this. And the gift this Christmas is offered to you, it's offered to me by faith, that very gift. This is the message of Christmas. This is all God's gift. And it evoked praise from the angels. And it should do the same from us. Every year, churches and community choirs and even the Rockettes reenact right? Remember this beautiful scene of baby Jesus, Jesus, the nativity, the deliverer entering the world. We have songs. We have services. We have plays and poems and scenes of worship. It reminds me of when, when I was a worship pastor. We used to do every year. We, it was expected. We were doing a big Christmas pageant. And Christmas and Easter pageants we would do. Huge. I mean, spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Thousands of people would come to it. And I remember one time, it was in a smaller church earlier in my ministry, and I remember I, I was going to the next level when it came to putting on one of these Christmas pageants, right? I was getting live animals. I had arrived, right? All my seminary buddies were doing that. I was like, all right, we're going there. So we I got these live animals, and the guy's like, yeah, we'll put like a petting zoo right outside the church, you know? and. And then you can use the animals and then afterwards everybody can come like that's awesome i I was so proud you know we can promote this all over the city and i remember we did the whole play the whole musical we got to the end and there's this you know just the pinnacle of it all and everyone's up there on the stage we'd sung the last song there's shepherds and mary Mary and joseph little baby jesus and the choirs and everything's up there all the animals are up there and as I'm giving the gospel, I'm sharing just the true meaning of Christmas, trying to bring it all to a close. Every time I would start to say a word in the most intimate moment in that thing, this little kid had one of the goats. He was colding every time, I swear, every time I tried to talk. And Jesus, ah, nah, nah. it's like making no. every time. It was like Satan, seriously. It was like, oh, that's funny. Everybody would laugh every time. Fine. I was just like, just forget it. You guys know Christmas, But it was a little crazy, but see, we see the songs and we hear the the poems, we see the plays, but all of that rings hollow without the Savior. All of that rings hollow without the joy that comes through the Savior. And the worship that Christmas inspires and demands, it's worship and honoring of the Savior every day of my life. This is a great reminder. You know, some people say, well, "You guys, are, you got lights up, you got trees, and this is all this is all secular." Listen, it's like when you go to somebody's birthday party and they're pinning the tail on the donkey. That's got nothing to do with the birthday, but we're celebrating. I'm all for it. Let's go. Let's celebrate. But gotta we gotta keep the Savior at the middle of it all. Otherwise, it's empty. And we see just like, you know, Charlie Brown's a cartoon, but I know many people, there's many people in this city today, in this neighborhood, on this block, who are on their last leg. And Christmas and times like this ring hollow and just magnify the fact that they have no joy. There's no peace there. Worship. That Christmas should inspire is, is is a life that says, yes. Christ is not only the savior of the world, but he is the savior and lord of my life. He gives me purpose, he gives me hope and peace and joy, even in the darkest struggles. So Charlie Brown got more and more frustrated until they got to the end of the show there, right? They decorated, they danced, it was all empty until they heard the announcement of the birth of the Savior. And then Linus at the very end finishes by saying, looks at Charlie Brown and says, that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. And with that, his eyes were open. He saw in a new way. Listen, the truth is, although this is my favorite time of the year, it fades. This season fades, right? We'll be, somebody told me this morning, they already saw a Christmas tree at, in the garbage out in front of a building. What is happening? It's not supposed to fade that quick. Before you know it, we'll be in the dog days of summer again, right? And then my kids are counting the days again. But listen, the Savior that comes at Christmas is for every day. He came for every heartbeat, every day of your life, every season, and for eternity. And Christmas is a great reminder of that. A great reset, if we will. The joy that is Christmas can be all year, round, all year round for all of us. The salvation of Christmas is forever for those who believe. And the worship of Christmas is today, tomorrow, and for eternity. So as you walk through this season, next, this next week, may we not only see the truth about Christmas, but let's celebrate. Let's worship the Savior with a heart of gratitude, with a heart of thanksgiving of the gift we've been given, joy, salvation. And may it launch us into 2023 and a year of daily worship, a life of celebration that I've been delivered, I've been restored. I have joy available to me, not based on my circumstances, but because of the Savior, because the Savior came, the good news of great joy that God's love took action Because of that, we have hope, and he has not forgotten us. He has pursued us, and he is pursuing you today to give you that joy and to give you the truth uh, about Christmas. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you for uh, the truth about Christmas. Thank you, Lord, that um, all the celebration, all the lights and decorations, Lord God, should remind us that we can have joy beyond measure, Our joy can be full because you sent the Savior. We have good news of great joy. And so may our lives reflect that message. May we live that way. May our neighbors see great joy in us. When our neighbors and our family and our friends walk with us through the most difficult of times, may they see great joy joy even in the tears even in the heartbreak at times may they see great joy of the Savior of knowing that God has pursued us and God has pursued them good news of great joy for all people Lord may we be ready to give a reason for that joy for that hope This Christmas season and all through the year, God, thank you for your love. In Christ's name, amen.